Welcome back to the Weekly Impact Podcast, everybody. Um, Today is December 5th. It is officially the beginning of the Christmas season this week, so Merry Christmas, everybody. Um, Today, we are focusing on 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and like we have done so far each week, we have a new guest with us this week. Mr. Bill Spees is joining us. Bill, just say hello real quick in the microphone. Hello, hello. Bill is one of our awesome uh, members here at the church, one of our family members, and he he comes in and helps us all the time behind the scenes. He's here today helping us get set for uh, the Christmas stage set that we have coming up for this December. Um, So anyway, thank you, Bill, for being here. You're welcome. Thank you. Um. So as always, um, so far, I believe, we are joined with Jacob Kingsley. How's it going? And Daniel Yelverton. Good, Jacob. Thanks for asking. <laughs> you guys have both been on every podcast so far with me, right? Yeah, we have. Nice. We yeah. have a, The ratings are just steadily dropping. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be dead for Too sure. true. <laughs> Too true. <laughs> so um, anyway, that is who you're going to be listening to today. And we're going to get into the chapter here in just a second and go ahead and read through it just like we have been so far um, using the SOAP method. And I've explained that before. The acronym is uh, Scripture, uh, Observation, Application, and Prayer. So we will go ahead and get into that. And let's read around this way today, if you don't mind. Right. Which would be that would be clockwise, clockwise for the people who can't see. Yes, I always do that, and then when I listen to the podcast later, I'm like, they can't see what I was doing. So, anyway, everybody, we are going clockwise. So we'll start with Jacob and finish with me as we go around, and we'll read uh, two verses per person. First Corinthians one, Paul called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus. That in every way you were rich in him in all speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you. So that you are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and same judgment. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there is quarreling among you, my brothers. What I mean is that each of one of you says, I follow Paul, or I follow Apollos, or I follow Cephas, or I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius. So that no one may say that you were baptized in my name. I did baptize also the household of Stephanas. Beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. The word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? 
For since in the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs, and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block both to Jews and a folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are. So that no human being might boast in the presence of God, and because of him you are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. So we're starting 1 Corinthians, and as we just finished Romans, um, there was some great teaching on it in the past few weeks here on Sunday mornings. Um, It's important to remember that now Paul is writing to a totally different audience. Um, It's totally different people. It's a different city. Um, So, Daniel, what are some of those things about the people in Corinth that we should know about going forward um, that impact this letter? One of the things that you see, and you see it even in the very beginning, is that Paul was intimately knew the people in Corinth. He spent about 18 months uh, there, and so he was familiar with the church. He knew some of the people, so like... He, the reason he wrote this letter, he's actually in, in Ephesus, and he's planning on traveling to Macedonia. And so he gets word that Chloe's house is having this division, and that there's, and you will read later on that there's other issues that the church is having. And so Paul is, you know, he's imploring them, he's writing to them. Uh, uh, really, what you're, we're kind of seeing here is Paul's not necessarily giving us uh, a guide for uh, just church discipline or different things like that or how to handle division. But I think what he's talking about is in uh, that there's some there's going to be things internally that are going to be threatening the church and to deal with those things. Um, he talks about giftings. He talks about order in the church later on. Uh, so there's all sorts of things that Paul is addressing, and this is a young church. So this is a church that uh, that he helped plant, but... It's also a really pagan city, so they have the big temple there is Temple of Aphrodite, which we get aphrodisiac, which you know. So there's a lot of <laughs> sexual She's immorality. She's the of love, isn't she? Is yeah. that what that was? Yeah, but it was so funny. They actually they they use like Corinthians as slang. So like if you acted like a Corinthian, that was like synonymous with being. Uh, full of debauchery or mm. like sexual promiscuity, and so they had this pretty bad reputation. But it was also a really diverse city. So a lot of what Paul is addressing to the city is that there's this is a place where it's really easy to have your sin and, and sins go unnoticed because it's a, it's almost like an urban city. It's a thriving city. Uh, it's it, like a modern day Las Vegas. Yeah, I mean yeah. that would be that would be a great mm-hmm. analogy. So, this is Paul reaching out to this young church, and it's hard because they're they're assimilating, you know, with not only with their culture. So, like the culture is trying to assimilate with the church, but also all of the pagan worship, and then all the ways that things used to be done. 
lifestyle changes. So there's all these things are trying to kind of infiltrate some of either the church order. You see people taking the Lord's Supper and getting drunk. And Paul's like, what are you doing? <laughs> so we'll get more and more into that as we're digging in. But but that's kind of what Paul is addressing here. And really what it is 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 trying to is know that there God has established the church for a purpose and that that these people are a light in this area and that's why it's a big deal. That's why it's a big deal when there's some issues that are going on internally when there's division, when there's sexual promiscuity, all kinds of stuff are going on how that is going to sabotage what the church is supposed to do in its region. All right. So from this is there anything that sticks out to anybody? One thing that stuck out to me, which um, I know it's not, he's not necessarily talking about it here. He's talking about the um, Corinthians themselves. He's, because this letter is to them, but he was talking about um, coming together and not having division between them. And um, I just, for some reason, I just immediately thought about just the church in general today, you know, how it's just anytime, not just today, but anytime, it's just really beneficial when, when the church, different denominations come together. Um, you know, that's maybe that's the Christmas season in my head sticking out a little bit, but, um, that kind of stood out to me and made me think about that. Um, anybody else, anything stick out to you guys? Uh, I think when verse 12, Paul, and he's going to talk about this a little bit more in uh, the third chapter in Corinthians, but he talks about, uh, he's asking them, you know, they're having these divisions about who they follow. So one follows Paul, the other follows Apollos, who was a later convert to the faith, a mm-hmm. very learned person, was really good at speech. You'll hear that later on. Cephas is just Peter. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's kind of like they are um, idolizing champions of the faith. You know, and I can see that even in our culture a little bit, how we have really dynamic speakers, mm-hmm. people that are on the st- either on the stage in large churches, and how they can become more of the source of our, uh, of not salvation is the wrong word, but they can be our source of truth and the thing that we're always kind of turning to. And what ends up happening is that person who they who we admire can kind of be, take the role of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So we can hear what they say and we think, okay, that's got to be, you know, divinely inspired from the Holy Spirit because it's coming from this person. And really what that does is that we elevate that person to uh, a level higher than the Holy Spirit, who is God literally inside of us, who we should be trying to learn from and learn the voice of. And so there is this division that's kind of happening of people that are like kind of fans mm-hmm. of these, you know, champions of the faith, I guess it is. And so it's causing conflict because they they maybe like a different teaching style or they like, you know, and that's how we can probably relate it to our culture yeah. and how that can start causing division when all, all along, I mean, it's we're all on the same playing field. We're all, you know, one people group in one need of a savior, but we can elevate different people to different statuses, and that's a dangerous thing to do, not only for the Corinthians here, but also for us in the modern church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, think of it even in in our church um, with the teaching team. Think how detrimental it would be to the community here if people start being like, oh, I'm only coming to church if Dennis is teaching this week. Oh, mm-hmm. I only really like hearing from Phil. I don't like hearing from that, you know, crazy youth pastor that one time he got up or you know i only come here when brent's leading worship if he's not leading worship i'm not coming to church what would that do to the community in 
it's again it's just this side matter that isn't about their relationship with with christ Mm -hmm. and so paul's just like basically by the end of it we're going to keep hearing like these divisions are taking you away they're sidetracking you from your relationship with christ and so you need to stop them and one of the things that we really wanted to do with this whole chapter a day was to encourage the um the connection that each of you as individual listeners and as people that come to our church and anybody that's a part of the body of Christ to be connected more and more to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Because we may say something, but we have a, we have a limited perspective. So like I'm, you know, I try not to give anybody advice to say, Hey, this is what I'm hearing from the Lord because then that becomes absolute, mm. you know? And so like I say, hey, here's kind of my perspective on it, but I w- want to be in connection like with what the Holy Spirit's teaching you because Honestly, I'm not going to be the one that's going to be there every moment of the day to walk with you through your struggles. That's the Holy Spirit. That's exactly what the Holy Spirit does, mm-hmm. is with us all the time. But if we just get so tuned to what either like somebody from Elevation or somebody from a different church is saying, and we get all of our wisdom and all of the, our application from them, they are, you know, we only hear from them, you know, once a week. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Holy Spirit is somebody we have connection with all the time. And having that access and having that understanding is so much better because the Holy Spirit's God. (laughs) And the Holy Spirit has infinite knowledge and infinite wisdom and knows everything that's going on inside of our heart and everything that's going on in our situation and also knows our future. Yeah. So trust the Holy Spirit more than you do certain teachers uh, and lean on the Holy Spirit and try to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit more than necessarily us and we desire to speak like the holy spirit to use us as we speak that's something that we always pray before we go up on stage but uh we always want to emphasize that uh that we're not the holy spirit you know Mm -hmm. that it's not if if you hear anything from truth from or good you know good teaching it's it's because the holy spirit spoke through us yeah yeah and and there's something that i will share um, that I thought was just really awesome about this last, um, well, I guess two Sundays ago with worship, um, we worked a, um, a hymn, an older hymn into the worship set that we had never done before since I've been here. Um, and we did a little bit of that song and, um, I found out later that there were some people here that that was like the song that they needed to hear for that week. So, I mean, even if you don't know you're receiving things, like the the Holy Spirit will work through you and make things happen through you, even if you're not audibly like, or, you know, not even audibly, but just sensing like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do, you know? What about you, Bill? What what in this chapter kind of caught your eye? Well, where, uh, uh, where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Uh, you know, uh, I think everybody wants to either have a soapbox or a channel or a mic and, you know, say something really profound. But I like it how he, it just comes back to Christ, you know, how he said, uh, uh, so it is written, let uh, the one who boasts, boasts in the Lord. Mm-hmm. So really that we've, we really don't have too much to add to the story unless it's constantly refreshed by the blood of Christ. Mm-hmm. And that, that's where you're, where you're discussing the issue. It comes from the issue and, and to be thankful and uh, not solemn, but sincere. Mm. You need to be sincere in your direction with it. Mm-hmm. That's good. Anything else? I like that that last bit of of the chapter as well. Um, 
just the irony that God can have. I think God has a sense of humor sometimes. Um, <laughs> Paul's like, he uses that which isn't wise to humble the wise. Mm. He uses that which is weak to humble the strong. Mm-hmm. Um, just showing time and time again that that God is in control of everything and nobody can outsmart, outpower God. <laughs> you know, that, that at the end of the day, God has to say, and basically what... What Paul's reminding us is that it's it's not us. The power that we have isn't ours. The wisdom that we have isn't ours. And and I do like that last verse, like the one who boasts, boasts in the Lord. He's not saying don't boast ever, because we can take the opportunities to boast, to say this is why God is good, this is why God is powerful. So yeah. I like that. And it's, it's cool. It says, verse 29, it says, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God, and because of him... You are in Christ, who has become to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. And that's like a, a lot of stuff. But it's really amazing that because of him, you are in Christ. You know, he talked about being grafted into Christ. But all of these things that we get, we get righteousness, right standing with God. We get wisdom from God. We're sanctified, made, made holy. We're set apart and we're completely redeemed. Uh, and so I think that um, a big thing that... And Paul is doing when he's constantly reiterating the gospel is actually he's he's challenging what we boast in because boasting in is what we're actually putting our confidence in, if that's anything. So anything that I'm saying I'm good at or I'm getting, we're trying to either justify our worth or justify our identity in what we're boasting in. And so Paul keeps challenging not this 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 notion of if we ever boast, we should boast in the Lord mm. because he is our righteousness, our sanctification, our redemption, our wisdom, that we have nothing that we can necessarily bring into the presence of God that's of value. But since we're in Christ, just like it says there in verse 30, now we have so much that we can boast in because mm. we are connected to Christ through and through and experiencing all that he has to offer. And so it's almost like Paul is still reiterating the gospel, just like he didn't, we learned in Romans. Same kind of thing that everything is all because of what Christ has done for us. So I think that's a, that's always a challenge for me is to not necessarily look in the areas where I'm struggling with like sin or where I'm messing up, but where am I boasting? Yeah. Like where are the places that I'm looking for confidence or that I'm looking to justify myself? Because those are areas where I'm probably trying to be Christ and falling woefully short and actually hoping that I'm going to be able to justify myself in those areas. Mm-hmm. And, and I will say, too, it always blows my mind that, um, and it, it just seems like even more proof to me, uh, not proof to me because I believe, but I guess proof to other people that don't believe, um, just the way that everything ties together in this plan, in this salvation plan, and what Jesus did for us. Because of what you're saying there, like... Um, you know, it said, you know, if you're going to boast, boast in the Lord. Well, if you're in the Lord, like nothing is better than the Lord. So you boast about your best things, right? Mm-hmm. So you boast about Jesus. Mm-hmm. But at the same time that you're boasting about Jesus, when you're doing that, you're sharing the gospel with people. You're telling them about God. And it's like, that's amazing. Like, how did that tie together randomly? You know, mm-hmm. how was somebody smart enough, you know, 2000 years ago when they were writing this book to make everything just fit perfectly together mm-hmm. for millennia? Mm-hmm. Like, I just think that's awesome. To me, those are just more, more proof that, that, um, 
you know, what we believe in is real, that who we believe in is real. And with that phrase, um, that no man should boast, it reminds me of Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, which just says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Mm -hmm. This isn't the only time Paul reminds the people he's writing to that you should be boasting in God, mm -hmm. not what you do. Yeah. Um, and and uh, verse 18, and uh, yeah, verse 18, I, I thought it might have gone into 19 here, but it says, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. Um, I just really liked that when we read that, because um, one thing to clarify too is like it says it's folly to those who are perishing. It doesn't mean that the word of God is no good to anybody who doesn't get it right now. You know what I mean? It, it means that if you're not in Christ, if you if you haven't made that transition yet, if you haven't made that choice, um, it it just doesn't do anything for you, really. Like, I remember before I was a believer that um, people talk about all this kind of stuff, and it just felt foreign and weird, and I would just want to be done with the conversation, and I wouldn't take any of it in, and it didn't speak to me. And now all the same stuff, now that I am a believer, it's powerful, and it has more meaning than anything, you know? So it... I just I thought that was something that um, if somebody's listening to this and, and isn't a believer, it doesn't mean that you're just forever perishing. Mm -hmm. You know, it just means that in this moment, it might not mean as much to you than if you choose to believe and then and then you hear it again. Um, so, application: what do we have in this in this chapter that we can apply today? I think that um, we talked about this before in the podcast, but just kind of the the shaming that we can get from our culture uh, when it comes to being a follower of Christ. You know, we can seem like we're a second, secondhand mind, you know, that we're kind of the knuckle-draggling uh, believers in Christ. And I think that um, what's, I guess, a confidence to us, too, is that God's wisdom is way beyond the wisdom of this earth. Mm. And that, um, you know, that can be something that, you know, even if at times we're probably either looked down on, we know that where our hope is, we know where our confidence is. And I think maybe that that for me is like even a little bit of encouragement as I keep reading this, because that's not new. Mm -hmm. Like what we experience is definitely not new. And uh, but God continues to show himself as the the wise, the wiser. And he also shows himself as the strong. And I think for us, what a great refuge. What a place for us to, to put our confidence in when we don't know or when we feel weak or when we have all of these other things that are pressing against us. It's awesome to know that we have that uh, access to that because of uh, what Christ has done for us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wanted to share something here, too, because you talk about our culture and our world and how we're looked at as the knuckle draggers and as the people who just aren't. We haven't been enlightened as much as the other people who don't believe anymore. You know, um, I saw something on the news uh, the other day where it said Poland. Have you guys heard about Poland as a country? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they're starting to implement. Um, no. Where is Poland? Well, sorry. <laughs> is that like Polish meatballs? <laughs> is that from Ikea? <laughs> I know. So. Um, sorry. I, I guess I worded that. <laughs> um, have you heard of a place called Poland? Um, no, but I guess what they're doing right now as a country, their government, um, they, in Europe, in this place that's usually pretty progressive compared to our standards in a way, um, or at least has been up to this point, um, is they're 
government has started to take their Catholic faith, their majority Catholic faith, and started to implement that back into their um, governing, their ruling laws that they have. So they just the other day passed a law that they're going to start to implement um, a mandatory Sunday where businesses are closed, kind of to go back to what we used to do in this country. And the reason that they stated they want to do that is because they want to allow more time for families to be together and to prioritize family time um, and I just thought, man, that's amazing. I mean, you, if we tried to do something like that in this country, we'd get so much pushback from a lot of people. But I think we struggle so much to try to um, find ways to, you know, we talk about the broken families and how it's creating a different culture and a different trajectory for this country than what we've been in for a long time. And I think something like that could be a possible, you know, a cure to it. Obviously, Christ is the cure to that, but I think that governing what they're doing would be a good way to start to to make family a priority again. You know what I mean? Because if you make family priority and you make Christ a priority, you pair those together, I think there's a lot of stuff that we're dealing with in this world and in this country that gets fixed, not automatically, but gradually. Mm -hmm. um, so I just thought that was really awesome that they're doing that. Mm -hmm. um, everybody listening, just so you know as well, um, if you're hearing anything in the background, um, we have some construction going on outside of where we are recording this podcast right now. So I know that some sawing and some nailing and stuff has started picking up while nice. I've been speaking. So just a heads up that that's going on because this place, you know, I know you guys come in here on Sunday and you see us doing what we do here, but you know, Monday through Saturday, this is a bustling busy place as we make preparations for the next Sunday and the season that we're heading into. So just know that those are the noises that you're hearing if it's picking up. Yeah. Bill had to put his hard hat up and come back here <laughs> for the podcast. <laughs> Take off his work gloves and put down the saw. And <laughs> yeah, uh, I think also um, one of the things that, as far as like application goes, is just uh, Paul stressing unity in the church and how um, how it's so easy to uh, I guess the phrase could be you know lose the forest over the tree, you know, and have something that we're so bent on as far as. Um, you know, a divisive thing, a denomination, or something along that that's that we want to hold fast to, and we lose the unity of the church because of this one particular thing. And uh, I think, you know, Paul's going to talk more about how just this, how he stresses in uni unity in so many of his letters when it comes to the church, because as we become more and more unified, then we become more and more effective. As the, not only as the church, but also that the world gets to see how we are united. Yeah. And and I think that that's, I feel like personally there's almost a, a push towards unity within the church. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, even our modern church right now, I think denominationalism is starting to dissipate a little bit, which mm -hmm. I think is, is a really good thing personally. And I think it's uh, it's important for us to stay not only unified, but also know that like all of these people that they're following are good people, but they're making them into like divine things. They're yeah. making them into ultimate things. Yeah. And really all it is, is Christ, mm -hmm. his great love for us. Now we have so much sawing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's all, you know, if, if we boil it down, it's all Christ and that's everything. That's yeah. the hinge of that's mm -hmm. the hinge of our faith. He's the cornerstone, and him being raised from the dead, and now us experiencing all of that amazingness that comes from being united with him in his resurrection. That's what our faith is, and yeah. it's really yeah. simple. So I think that 
when we start breaking things down, then the the other things don't matter. Like somebody comes into our church with tattoos on. So what? You know, yeah. somebody comes in our church looking not their Sunday best. That doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, Send because subtweet at me. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a little subtle jab. Yeah. Clearly. <laughs> but uh but yeah, I mean we we should be striving to to show the love of Christ to people and teach people to love others through mm-hmm. that same love that they're receiving and and that's the gospel. Yeah. That's it. They'll know that they're my disciples by how they love each other. And I think that's such a valuable thing that if, as the church gets united under the gospel message and the simplicity of the gospel message, then it becomes much more of an inclusive church. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. people can come to elevation before they believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, and we want that. We want people to come into this church, um, not, uh, not necessarily having their life together because. Uh, because the solution to the the messes in their life is Jesus, yeah. and they need to meet Jesus. Yeah, mm-hmm. and if you exclude them because of their messes, they don't get to meet Jesus. Right. And I know that like uh, the church that I went to as a as a child with my grandparents, um, you know, I, I think things have changed a lot since then. Not to badmouth the church, I won't even say what kind of a church it was or anything, but it was basically like my mom has always told me that growing up, um, my grandma would always say, you know, if you smoke, you're going to hell. If you get a tattoo, you're going to hell. If you say a cuss word, you're going to hell. You know, and it's just like that's not conducive to sharing the message with people and having them be like, wow, this is an open place that I can walk into and check <laughs> it out, you know? like, So I think that the way that things have changed within the church and how you say there seems to be, um, and it's it's back to kind of what I was saying at the beginning too, there seems to be kind of a movement right now where denominations aren't mattering as much as they're, and they're just kind of dropping that stuff and coming together and having the core of it being salvation and Jesus and, and that being everything and and the other stuff not mattering as much um i think that can't be anything but a good thing mm-hmm. i just think basically that it, it will develop to um if we are faithfully following and listening to uh, the spirit and to christ uh, all things come true i mean there's not a uh, you know it always it will be a softer hand a kinder hand even in paul and his greetings it begins with a loving mm-hmm. um you know a salutation a greeting I mean, he doesn't start spanking people right off the bat. (laughs) You know, uh, bad, 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 bad people you are. He's, you know, he he strokes them. He strokes Mm -hmm. them in a loving way. Yeah. And it's also a corrective way. Yeah. uh, I just think that uh, God, and particularly, of course, Jesus Christ has a gentle, Mm -hmm. firm, and he's not afraid. He's not afraid of people who have tattoos. He's not afraid of... uh, real life people have real mm-hmm. lives yeah. I mean, we're not born yeah. knowing the god the knowledge of god yeah mm-hmm. i mean we we come to know it but and it's just wonderful to be mm-hmm. led uh sincerely by a church that does love christ yeah mm-hmm. it's wonderful i mean that's that's where he went you know like that's that's who that's he was with people. all the time you know mm-hmm. um because that's who needs him right you know um and if you guys don't mind i'll share something real quick like talking about division and what it can lead to um and, and kind of the way that it pulls pulls the church apart, you know, just through different denominations and stuff. Um, I went over to um, Ireland in 2010. I got invited over there to do something. Um, and we went knowing that it was could be dangerous because we were going to Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know, if you're listening to this, um, you know, for, for decades now, there's been a huge division between Protestants and Catholics in Ireland. And um, 
you know, that that comes from different denominations and the division that comes between that. And it elevated so much that people ended up car bombing each other and they would fight and kill each other over mm-hmm. it to where they even separated so much that now There's Northern no. Ireland is basically a different country than Ireland. Um, and, you know, it can go that far. Um, and it's funny, and it was maybe it was my my newness to my faith or my ignorance to maybe the the you know the size of the situation over there but when i went there i went to a church or two and they had me come and play some music but also speak and i was saying the same thing that you're saying about boil it down and get down to the core of it's just it's the message of christ it's it's who he is it's what he did for us and the forgiveness that comes from it you know and I, you know maybe that was <laughs> dangerous of me to be <laughs> preaching to people, you know, over in that country. But, um, I just, that's what, you know, that's what it is. And I, and, and I just feel like that's, that's the message that a lot of people have been missing for a long time in having their denominations and sticking to their guns so much in that, that they don't pair with their other brothers and sisters in Christ. Cause think about how powerful and how effective the church can be if we all come together and we're all united rather than dividing ourselves into small little factions and nobody wanting to talk to anybody else, you know? Mm-hmm. I think when we have that proper perspective and we are unified and it's um, Jesus Christ and his life and what he's done, that that's the hill that we're willing to set up camp and fight and die on. Mm-hmm. Um, not all these different things. That's when, we aren't going to boast in our own individual efforts. When we're um, divided, when we have all these things that we hold more dear than the ultimate cause of Christ, then we start to boast in those things, and we Mm -hmm. look at our own things, whatever that may be. Um, And if we do want to get to the spot where we are only boasting in Christ, where our confidence is in Christ... Oh, that one hurt. (laughs) (laughs) That really hurt. You're like... I'm in a dentist office right now. <laughs> They're getting closer. <laughs> um, I think of that, uh, not this elevation, but um, Stephen Furtick elevation, their worship team. And mm-hmm. they have a song, I think uh, it's called Do It Again. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the lines is, this is my confidence. You've never failed me yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and that always gets me because our confidence can only be that. It's the only thing that's proven. If if my confidence in boasting is in my strength, there's going to be a day. I'm not that strong to begin with. So, you know, that's a problem. Um, But I'm not going to be in the shape that I am. You know, my my confidence can't be in my ability to speak because I could be in a terrible accident and have my tongue cut out. You know, random stuff. But, like, (laughs) our confidence can only be in the works of Christ and what he has done. Mm Mm-hmm. And that happens when we're unified. And it looks beautiful when the body of Christ, when more than just one person, more than just one community, but it's everybody who believes in Christ is boasting in him. I want to see that. Yeah. And truthfully, that that ties into, um, in my mind, the Christmas season. It seems like, you know, that, that this is the time of year that people are more likely than not to come together and, and be unified and, and mm-hmm. um let let go of those divisions and just be unified in Christ. So um, I love this time of year. Christmas is always my favorite time of year. And I think that's part of why, because people just seem to be a little bit happier. People seem to be a little more, um, you know, easy to go along with each other and to get along with each other and to, to be there for each other. So, um, yeah, I just love Christmas. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, let's finish up. Um, we'll pray. 
I haven't yet just because I'm usually the one talking about it and setting it up. So I feel weird being like, I'll start. Brent, <laughs> would you like to uh, start us in prayer today? <laughs> sure. Does somebody want to finish? I will. Will you? Right. Okay. Thank, Bill, you. thank you. All right. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much. We thank you for the opportunity to be here together as brothers in your name and um, just to discuss the amazing things and the amazing works that are done in your name and done with your Holy Spirit through people. I thank you so much just for for the fact that it is the Christmas season. I thank you for sending your son, and I just hope people can really, really understand what kind of a gift it was that you gave to us. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, uh, we thank you. Uh, thank you for today. Thank you for our brothers in Christ. Uh, thank you for your work you're doing here at the church. Uh, and uh, so much, Lord, uh, really, we try to rely too much on ourselves. And, uh, well, we're always going to be short. We're always going to be behind. Uh, but, Lord, uh, you can do all things and have done all things. And we thank you for today and your will for us tomorrow. Amen. 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 All right, you guys. Well, thanks again for joining us, as always. And we just really, really hope that, you know, if you're hearing this, if uh, if you're not a member of the church, which we don't really have members, I say that all the time, but if you're not one of our family here at the church, you know, if you hear this, if you want to come check us out, we would love to see you and say hello to you and um, just get to meet you. So anyway, uh, just have a Merry Christmas. Uh, enjoy the Christmas season. If you're a huge fan of table saws and hammers, <laughs> we have this. We're too. the church for you, by the way. <laughs> we make stuff. <laughs> That's true. Hey, Bill, thanks so much for joining thank us this yeah, morning. Thank you. It's been great. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much, Bill. Everybody, we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. See you. Bye.